Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2017, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 77, second paragraph, starting with under no condition. We're going to read through two paragraphs today, which will end on 78, it's water over the dam. And we're going to comment on both of those today. Today the readers are the 12 Steps, Tracy B., the 12 Traditions, Naomi B., and reading the text today, we're going to start with Leslie W. and Nadia B. Thank you for that. The reference numbers for yesterday, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 10226. 10226 for 7 a.m. Eastern Time. That would be Tuesday, the 1st of August. And then the 10 a.m. meeting, August 2nd, Tuesday is 10228. 10228. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tracy B. to read the 12 steps. Welcome, Tracy. Star one, Tracy. Thank you. This is Tracy B., Pennsylvania. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all of our affairs thank you for allowing me to uh, to be of service thank you tracy b i will now ask naomi b to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Thank Naomi. You. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. Uh, this is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trust and service. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our server centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committee directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Naomi. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to unmute, to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 77, paragraph 2, starting with under no condition, reading through two paragraphs, ending on page 78 with its water over the dam. And I would now ask Leslie W. to please begin reading. Good morning. This is Leslie W. Can you can you hear me okay, Melanie? This is Maura, and yes, we can. Thank you so oh, much, Leslie. Maura, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, thank you, Maura, for your service today. Um, this is Leslie W., recovered in Tennessee. 
Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our, to, to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally, they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. And again, this is Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. And I just want to share my experience with with this um, particular passage. And for me, I think the hardest amends that I had to make was with my sister. Um, I'm still making a living amends to my husband every day. But when it came to my sister, um, I harbored a lot of hatred, resentment, and jealousy towards her. And uh, I really wanted to criticize her. (laughs) I really wanted to point out some of her faults um, because I had felt that she had caused a lot of harm. However, that's not what this step is about. It's not about pointing out someone else's faults. It's not about criticizing. It's not about arguing. It's simply we are there to sweep off our side of the street. And that is what I did um, years ago when I sat down with her to discuss my faults, to discuss Ah, the things that I had I had done and said that contributed to the um, toxic um, atmosphere of our relationship, and um, it may it, it kept me sick, and I really didn't want to be sick anymore. And so I sat down with her, and it says right here in in, in nine cases out of ten, um, you know the unexpected happens. Well, if, you know, I want to talk about that, that, that one case. And for me, that was the one case with her. Um, if, 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 if she had, if we had been in an office that day, I think she would have thrown me out, to be honest with you. Um, she, um, she didn't accept my amends at first. Um, she, um, she hurled her anger and her accusations at me that day um, that I think had been a long time coming and I uh, allowed her the freedom to express her anger Um, and you know what (laughs) I'm still alive (laughs) Um, and and I'll say and I'll say this when I walked out of that that amends that day I did experience freedom. I did clean off my side of the street. 
and it took several years for that relationship to rebuild and and you know I, we're not best we're not besties but that's okay we have a great relationship today and um i i completed that amends and it's water over the dam and with that i'll pass Thank you, Leslie W. And so, who would care to share for approximately? Christy? Jackie B. I heard it. Melissa Jackie C. B. Christy Melissa G. C. Larry K. Melissa K. Barbara Larry E. Larry K. Barbara E. Harlan G. Harlan G. Okay, let's stop there. Okay, I have Jackie B. Melissa C. Chrissy G, Larry K, Barbara E, and Harlan G. Jackie, would you go ahead and get us started, please? Yes, thank you. Can I be heard? Yes, clearly. Okay, great. Uh, Hi, I'm Jackie B from the Bronx. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for your service and your presence. Um, For me, uh, making an amends is... Uh, it's it's even as great, if not more, than just losing weight uh, through this program of clarity and willingness to change. Uh, when I started to see my side of the street, you know, because I had always thought I was the victim, the victim, the victim, and I made my amends. My mom, unfortunately, was deceased, so what I did was is I wrote a letter to a half-sibling's child who was graduating from college, and I told her about, you know, in brief scenario about my mom that I may have not agreed with everything she did, but da 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 da, and I gave a token uh, that I get a necklace I had given my mother. I had given it to her as a gift on behalf of my mother, and I read it at her gravesite, and that was freeing. My father was a living amends until the day he died, just uh, in April when he died, um, that even though he's done harm to me, that I forgive him and that I can still be a loving daughter by, you know, recognizing that he's my father. Uh, my sister, I've done two amends. This last amends was really good because it really cleared the air for us. Uh, I didn't even know I owed an amends to one of her daughters because she wanted an apology after all these years, and I did that. I made restitution. Um, To my 15-year-old, I made an amends, and I sat there and listened to her side of how she felt. I made an amends to my husband, and I still am making a living amends to him. But it's still, in all that, it has been wonderful. Because you know what? As long as I'm free, then the fool doesn't call me. Uh, I can live life on life's terms. And that is what I'm willing. I'm willing to face whatever makes me feel uncomfortable so that I can live in comfort and be of service to others, to show other people in program in and out that it's okay to admit your wrongs because, you know what, pencils have erasers. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Jackie B. Melissa C., it is your turn, followed by Chrissy G., Hi, good morning, Maura. Are you able to hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. I'm just going to set my timer. Um, 
Okay. You know, so years, uh, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. And um, that was what I really wanted. Like, I had a particular amends, and um, I kind of imagined um, this scenario where um, I had this, like, little girl expectation and fantasy. I had a a particular aunt um, who um, I had a troubling relationship with, and I thought um, I would go to her, you know, with this, beautiful, heartfelt um, amends, and she would embrace me and welcome me back in her life, and, like, my ego thought that my words would heal um, our relationship, and, and maybe her, in a sense, you know, I, I when I reflect on this aunt, um, not, like, I'm pointing fingers, but I'm not the only one she doesn't speak to, and I kind of thought, well, my words would be magic, you know, they would rain over her, um, and she would soften um, to me and um, to everybody else she came into contact with, and, you know, so uh, that's that's obviously um, a fantasy, and that's not um, why we really go to people. We go... Um, to clean up our side of the street, not to change them, not to make her a different person than she is, but because I wronged her, and I'm the one that needs to change and amend, you know. And so it, it should not matter if um, someone throws us out of their office. It says here, like, we've made our demonstration, we've done our part. It's water over the dam. And so... You know, my aunt did not accept my demonstration, not then, not at that moment. Um, She was not welcoming and warm. And the incredible, beautiful thing was um, I was really still transformed. Like, I felt God's beautiful um, power in that moment comforting me. I I really had a realization that... um, that was okay. Like she had a right to feel exactly how she was feeling. And that I wasn't going to say I'm sorry again and again, because that was going to be manipulative. Like that, I learned, like, if you apologize more than once, you're telling the person, I don't like your response. I want you to change. And so that's not what I did. And the other thing that really came to me was that um, I was not to gossip afterwards. Like, as much as I wanted to, when <clears throat> her that day, I really wanted to call all the family members that she doesn't speak to and, and get them on my side. But God really changed me in that moment that I was not to do that. And I felt I, nearer to my maker then. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Chrissy G., it's your turn, and followed by Larry Kay. Hi, Christy G, recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from New Jersey. And um I wrote I wrote letters for my amends and and I, you know, sometimes I think because of the the disease I get perfectionistic. It's one of my defects. And I think, oh, you know, I really I should have gone to to them face to face, especially since one of the pe- people that I made amends to um commented it was a cousin and she commented to my mother you know the least she could have done is come to me and talk to me and the more I I think about it and go through this process with other people as a sponsor I think that that's easy for me that's easy for some people I you know my personality my temperament is that you know I I am 
you know, similar to the previous speaker. I I want everything to be rosy and nice, everybody get along, you know, my way of manipulating the world that everybody should be nice, you know, in Chrissy's world, everybody should get along. And, you know, there's a lot to be learned by not not being in contact with the person that you've been enmeshed with all your life. And I've learned a lot through this relationship with this cousin. She got the letter. I said my part. I don't have anger towards her. I pray for her and her family every day. I haven't spoke, spoken to her in um, about three years. And the fact of the matter is my, my parents are still in contact with her. So I hear about her family. I pray when I hear things are going on. I'm happy for her when good things happen. And so I I feel healed from the situation and that the you know everything's not perfect in Chrissy's world and everybody's getting along it there's something to be learned in that and if I would have gone to her face to face and I would have groveled which it says that we don't you know we don't crawl you know um maybe I would have manipulated her into changing her mind about me you know and then the relationship would have been back in the same dynamic as it always was, which was me in the one down position and her in the one up position. And I have to change. You know, I have to change. We all have our own temperament and our personality. That part's easy for me. The the not going and groveling is the hard part for me. So, you know, it's really important that this this changes us in whatever extreme our personality or temperament um, is that we become more balanced and right sized. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. Larry Kay, it is your turn, followed by Barbara E. Thank you. Thank you so much. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, to make amends, you know, we've learned, uh, I've certainly learned, is it, we're, we're compensating for a harm, for an injury, for a loss. You know, I, I need to remind myself there's no bloodletting required. Uh, my head on a platter, that's, that's not required. That's not what this is about. It's a reparation. I need to remember the word change because by God's grace, I'm going to change. I'm not going to go out and continue to harm in the way I did. That's part of this process too. My goodness, if if I made amends and I didn't change, I wasn't brought into alignment with God and I'm the same, I'm the same guy I was 15 years ago. (laughs) Who am I kidding? Am I kidding myself? Yeah, I think I'm recovered. Oh, no, no, no. No, that's not what this is. There needs to be sincerity in that process of reparation and change. You know, what's the purpose? Is the purpose of making amends, I'm asking rhetorically, is it reconciliation and forgiveness? It may. It, it, that's not the purpose. That may happen. That did happen for me in some cases. Other cases, it didn't. This wasn't about I will become recovered and brought into alignment if I'm forgiven. <laughs> oh, there, there's no guarantee you're going to be forgiven, or nor did, did I expect to be reconciled with an ex-wife that I had harmed. That wasn't the purpose. My, my recovery was not dependent upon reconciliation, although I said sometimes that may occur. It's all in God's hands. If forgiveness happens, terrific, wonderful, but that's not what I'm depending upon for my recovery. It's change, sincerity, alignment with God. 
so that I don't, so that I'm not the same guy with the same thinking and thus the same actions before. I don't go out and do the same things I did. I'm different today. I'm changed by God's good grace. That's what this process is about, this amends process. Some of my amends went really well. Others, I got thrown out of the office, if you will. It didn't matter. I made my demonstration with sincerity. The reparation was made. I made amends to compensate for that harm, and I don't do those things anymore to the best of my ability. Grateful for this process. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Barbara E., it is your turn, followed by Harlan G. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate everyone uh, for their shares that came before me, and I know I will for those who come after me as well. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey. I was determined to rigorously go through the program this time, using a Brillo pad to scrape away all of my secrets. There's an OA saying, only as thick as our secrets. I had many secrets, and I felt determined to go to any length to right my wrongs. It was, as I heard before, total ego reduction, a sincere desire, going in with no expectations, not of reconciliation, not of huggy feelings, just of doing what I had to do. I had to share some things with my husband, some where I had taken money out of his pocket from our adult son, where I had taken some of his pain medicines and coins from his jar. I I had to sit there and ask if there was anything they wanted to add, never arguing, never justifying, and keeping my face neutral at all times. I had to listen, and when I was through, I truly felt cleansed. I was glad that I had gone in with no expectations because one of my amends did get thrown back in my face several times in the form of humor, sarcastic, cutting humor, if you will. But in my head, I just recited the sick man's prayer and did nothing about it, did not argue. It was hard, but I was determined. I was determined in my belly to get all of this out. And it really felt good. It felt cleansing. So once again, my unstated um, purpose was to join the human race, to be of maximum service, but I wanted it to be totally about them. And my sponsor gave me clear guidance in how to do it, never using the word you, really just making a list of what I had done and my committing to do better in the future. Some of it has been hard because I'm living with two of the people and I don't always do it perfectly on a day-by-day basis, but I do it putting one foot in front of the other, making amends when I need to, calling in my character flaws, doing everything I need to Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you all. Thank you, Barbara E. Harlan G., it is your turn, sir. Thank you, Maura, and thank you for your service today, and thank you to Team Wednesday for making this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I am a recovered compulsive reader, 
in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I've had very, very wonderful sponsorship through the years, better than I deserve, and continue to have it through the, right now, better than I deserve. And one of the things that was pointed out to me is that on page 78, it says, if our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the results. Um, that means that before I go into the amends, I must have done a fourth and a fifth step. And a fifth step with somebody who's informed and uninvolved is vital because they will point out the destructive patterns of these resentments, these fears, the selfishness, the dishonesty. They will point out to me the destruction of these defects in the fourth column of resentment, fourth column of the fear, and the uh, fourth column of the sex inventory. It also says here before that, it says, his faults are not discussed. That doesn't just mean I don't discuss his faults in, in words. It means I don't discuss them in my mind. And that means that I have forgiven the person. If I'm going in there and I haven't forgiven that person, if I haven't done an effective fourth and fifth, sixth and seventh, and a tenth, and one of the biggest mistakes I see all the time in OA is we go into these amends and we're scared and we're angry, but we don't do effective tenth steps because maybe we haven't even started the tenth step yet. Even though on page 84 it says, <clears throat> excuse me, it says here, we vigorously commence this way of living, referring to step 10, as we cleaned up the past. What steps do we use to clean up the past? Eight and nine. If I've really forgiven this person, if I see the destructive forces of my rage, of my lies, of my selfishness, then it shouldn't be any problem for me to recall what it says in the prayer of St. Francis. It says toward the end of the prayer, it isn't forgiving that we are forgiven. And so I am going to go in there as best I can with a pure heart. Not sending off some anonymous email, not sending off some anonymous letter, but eyeball to eyeball, face to face, so that I can clean up my past. And when I do that, I find the magic of step two, that my God comes to me and lets me know that I've done the right thing. And when I do the right thing and I make the amends, and I've made amends to some people that were, uh, that were ugly to me. And when I did that, I got a lot closer to God and a lot further away from a chocolate turtle. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. And now it is time for a word from our sponsor. Melanie C., please. Okay, fellows, your tickler, your nudge, your tilt and tip. You've entered this caution zone. Fence setters, this is your call. Convention is happening. Come Friday night, September 15th, the lights will go down, the curtain will raise up, and the great and powerful big book will come to pass. Then pass. <laughs> Today, right now, is the hour to take action. It's heating up. Get up on your feet. Move it like you mean it. Dance it out like it. no one is looking before it's too late. August 24th is the date for too late. That's 23 days away. Rush to your registration site. 
rush as fast as you can because it's going to close. Here's a question for you. How free do you want to see? Till the sun rises up or the moon sets, the convention is where it's at. Don't wait until your circumstances change. Let the power of the big book be the change. September 15th through the 17th, 2017, the power of the big book, your weekend, period. The latest and greatest details you'll find on Vision's website at www.avisionforyou.info. Okay, I've given it my best. To you is the rest. Will we see you there? Come on. Come on. Want to see you there. Ready to get back to this delicious study? All right. Thanks, Maura. Thank you, Miss Melanie. Yes, I will be there with bells on. Absolutely. Okay, so now let's open it up again to see who would like to share on what was read. And just as a reminder to those who might have arrived late, we're on the bottom of page 77, the last paragraph, starting with Under No Condition. We read through two paragraphs, ending on page 78 with It's Water Over the Dam. And who would like to share next? Star one to unmute. This is Craig. I'll take a turn. Matt M. Craig F. Matt M. Nadia B. Nadia B. Anyone else? Star one. Okay. Craig F. Followed by Matt M. And Nadia B. Craig, please start us off. Okay. Thank you. Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm glad to be here today. Um, the uh, One of the things that I um, do with uh, my sponsorees is we, we we practice our amends, of course, and I have them write it out and, uh, and read it to me. And uh, one of the things we do is talk about what are you going to do if they react a certain way? What are you going to do if they say, yeah, you did that, and here's what else you did to me? And, and start listing things that you may or may not agree with. And, and one of the things I suggest in that case is not to react, is to simply say, um, uh, I, I hadn't thought about that. Let me, uh, let me take a look at that, and I'll get back to you. Uh, you don't need to engage. Um, and, and give it some consideration before you, you, you know, certainly don't argue. It says we, we don't. We, we shouldn't engage in those kind of arguments with people, even if they're wrong, even if they're off base, uh, even if we don't think we're guilty. And and then with people, a lot of times people come back, and I, I've had this happen to me, and they'll say, um, well, that wasn't so bad. You know, you, it's not really your fault. It's okay. You don't need to worry about that. And and we have to practice that too, in in my humble opinion. We have to be ready to say, I knew better. I did it anyway. I, I. It's important that I make amends. It's important that I, that I uh, r- repair this situation, and because uh, it's just too easy for, to let people for people to let you off the hook. You know, they they people can be too kind sometimes, and and uh, you know if you owe them money for them to say, oh, don't worry about it. But and and as nice as that is, uh, I think it's important. For my own um, humility, for my own uh, 
welfare, my own spiritual welfare, that I go ahead and make the amends anyway. And if they refuse the money, to find a way to donate it uh, somewhere, if if I can, if it's at all possible. And I, I just think that uh, I think it's important. The point of all that is it's important to practice the different scenarios that may happen when people, so that you're not caught flat-footed, you're not caught without uh, having thought it through, and because there's nothing worse than a sloppy amends. There's just nothing. And uh, the other thing that I consider part of a sloppy amends is getting rid of the words kind of, sort of, maybe, might have. I might have done this. I kind of did this. I sort of did that. It, it, that that won't go. Uh, I did this. Uh, I shouldn't have. I, I need to make amends for it. Uh, here's what I'm willing to do. Is there anything else I can do to make this right? Be plain, direct, and to the point, and don't beat around the bush uh, with those uh, hedging kind of words, kind of, sort of, would it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Matt M., it's your turn, followed by Nadia B. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Maura. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater. With my amends, a lot of them are called what I call living amends because there's really nothing I can say to these people that was going to make it anything better. Like in my relationship with my uncle, you know, I did a lot of drugs to him. I tried making amends to him in the past. He didn't want to hear it. And my brother, who's mentally dis- mentally disabled, and he's developmentally disabled, so he has the mentality of like a 10-year-old. And you really, it's really, can't, it's really hard to have a conversation with him, like on a serious note, that he would understand, you know. And so, like with those two people, I just have to change my behavior, and and not get into the whole thing of like giving a, a great speech or, get, or telling them all these wonderful things that I want to do, my intentions. So what I do is I call them regularly. When every time I see them, I make it about them, not about me. I try to make them. I try to. I try to enjoy their presence and have them enjoy my presence. And I just try to make sure they know that that I care about them and that I I I want to do much better towards them. You know, because some of the living events are some of the hardest ones I've had to do because I still sometimes harbor resentments against some of these really close people I have in my life, and I take it one day at a time. That's all I can do, take it one day at a time and enjoy my life with them and while they're still here because I never got the chance to do it with my mother and my other family members who have passed on. So I don't want to make the same mistakes again that I made with them, you know. So, you know, we're doomed to, we're doomed to repeat the past unless we learn from it. You know, that's what it says. So I'm grateful today that I can just focus on my recovery and focus on the things that are most important to me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Madam. Nadia B., it's your turn. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. And this is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut today. Um, such a beautiful direction for me. And I love the first sentence of the, of the paragraph that we read on 77. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. And uh, this brings change. Um, it screams change to me. Um, you know, that's what I did. I criticized and pointed fingers. I was the victim. And uh, obviously, it did not work for me well. And, um, you know, here I get to change the focus. 
and focus now is on me, myself, and I. Um, here is where I get to exercise, experience, uh, you know, look at my behaviors under the microscope. Here is I, where, you know, the focus of the lens changes and it becomes, um, I become a focus of attention, finally. I've wanted this for a long time. I've, um, you know, I've seeked, uh, I seeked that um, always, you know, I wanted um, to know. And um, here's where I get to look at my fourth column and see that, you know, my self-seeking, um, my selfish motives, my dishonesty with myself, and acting out of fear didn't work. And, um, you know, I, I take a look at my self-seeking behaviors and I get to say and prepare to say, you know, something like, I regret, um, you know, um, missing birth of my niece. I regret that I criticized you. Uh, and God willing, uh, this behavior will not be repeated. Uh, I regret, uh, you know, avoiding your phone calls or conversations with you. That's my self-seeking behaviors. Um, without saying but or you never called me or, you know, I felt dismissed. It doesn't matter. Uh, I did what I did or didn't. And I take responsibility. That's the change. Because I could not take responsibility, and that almost killed me. And therefore, it's not my higher power's will for me, and I am seeking that will with everything I've got today. So, you know, regardless of my expectations, I get to focus on me today. And um, it's, a, it's a big change. Um, Time. And... Thank you so much. And with all that. Thank you, Nadia B. And we have time for probably three more shares. Who would like to share on what was read today? Linda R. Linda Leia R. M. Jennifer P. Ginger C. Leia M. Liz V. Lynn Z. Liz V. Liz Z, the double Z. Okay, I've got cool. Linda uh, R, Leah M, and Liz Z. Linda R, please. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, thank you so much for your service. Linda R, recovered in North Carolina. Um, these steps were a very big turning point in my recovered life. Um, for me, step nine is ongoing for the rest of my life. It's a work in progress. But when I did my major core deep-rooted amends, um, it was the most healing experience of my life. I felt like it really plunged me into the forgiveness of self and forgiveness of others, and it really cleared the space for my higher power to, you know, enter my life on a daily basis. But there was one amends that um, I've struggled with and sometimes still do, um, that I've gotten a lot of awareness with, I've done a lot of work around it, and that was the one to my sister. I grew up with a sister who had mental illness. There was a lot of uh, 
lot of things in my family of origin that were very detrimental to my well-being. And as I, you know, I, I did some things, you know, as a child and even as an adult that I needed to really amend. So it was a very spiritual preparation before I went to this person who has mental illness to make an amends. So I've done, um, through the years, I've done a few of them, and she does not forgive me. So that was the very difficult uh, pill to swallow, so to say, no pun included, that I had to really work on. And of recent, there was a glimmer of hope there. So what I'm trying to share is that the work that I've done is a lot of uh, prayer around it and a lot of praying for her and for her happiness, well-being, and prosperity. And it's now I have let go, which uh, is like the most amazing process, finally let go that the outcome of an amends does not really, it, it's the neutrality around the outcome of making this amends. And the other thing that I want to say is that, you know, the amends really is for me. It's my work to heal my spirit so that I can move on with my life, you know, in steps 10, 11, and 12. Yet it was a really difficult thing, and now I can really just let go and do a lot of service around it. And, you know, in the ninth step it says, you know, make these direct amends to other people except when to injure them or others. Now, it's very injurious to my sister for me to keep trying to say I'm sorry because she it will harm her. And, again, it's harming me. So this process has taken me a long time, but I just wanted to share that for today. I'm healed in the relationship, whether or not, you know, my sister forgave me, she didn't forgave me, forgive me. It's all about my work in the program. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Linda R. Leah M., it is your turn, followed by Liz Z. Thank you very much. Simply, we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. You know, it was important for me to remember as I uh, prepared for this part of the work that um, freedom wasn't going to be free, you know, and rebellion was going to be fatal and delay was dangerous. And although some of these uh, amends that I needed to make um, made me shake in my boots, you know, this was part of the process. And, you know, I was reminded in the text that almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And so that was the hope, you know. Um, I was banking on that. Uh, the inventory process, which includes steps four through nine, you know, we, with the help of my sponsor, uh, we surveyed the damage and we made a plan. Um, you know, we wrote out a script for each one of these amends. And, uh, you know, it's a very spiritual process. It, it does feel like soul surgery for many of these amends. From That was my experience. But uh, the cancer had to be removed. You know, the literature tells me to be sensible, sensible to be tactful, to be considerate, and to be humble. Um, but as God's people, we stand on our feet. And that's exactly the um, combination of qualities that 
I had, you know, upon going into the office or upon sitting with someone across from the table. It was so humbling. Uh, It was also exciting because I realized I was growing up. I was, you know, maturing. I was taking responsibility for my actions. I had a readiness to accept the consequences of my past. And I was prepared, you know, to acknowledge the offending behavior and be specific with the person about what that behavior was, to acknowledge that I was sorry, to admit that I had faults, uh, to take, you know, responsibility for the way that I hurt someone else, the way I was selfish, dishonest, resentful, inconsiderate, uh, to express an admission of regret and to make sure and to express that I would not repeat that offending behavior and make a commitment to that. That was all written out in the script, very well prepared. The most important thing before going into that office or sitting across the table was to make sure I took God with me, you know, to make sure that I brought God in. You know, to be open to that, to realize that it was a very dignified and spiritual process, uh, and this was going to uh, offer me the freedom I so desperately needed and wanted. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah M. Liz Z, it is your turn. Hi, I'm Liz. It's actually V as in Victor. I'm gratefully recovered I'm a compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, I can truly just say ditto and ditto to the last two shares. Um, But mostly, excuse me, I guess what I can share is the profound effect this um, step had on me. I had been in recovery for years. I thought I had done these things. But um, what was mentioned, having a plan, writing it out, and then for me, being willing to make these amends face-to-face, which was a bit of a process um, for me to get to that willingness made all the difference. Um, I absolutely experienced the promises just like it stated before we were halfway through. Um, We're going to know a new freedom. I had that um, and I never felt that before. Um, I feel like this process of amends, as was mentioned, being humbled, getting the opportunity to look these people in the eyes, most of whom were my family members, changed me in a way that I simply know would not have happened if I had mailed a letter or sent an email. Um, And for me, that made a difference. It um, brought to life this surrender of um, how I was doing it was a surrender to God. And then it changed my life. in ways that I don't know that I can describe here. But I'm so grateful um, that I got to do it, and I'm so grateful for all of you. I'm going to keep coming back, and I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Liz V. And we have time for one more share. Ginger C. Ginger C., it's yours. Please go ahead. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Maura. Good morning, everyone. This is Ginger C., Recovered. Um, compulsive overeater in Colorado. And I just love this last paragraph. Um, You know, the promise here is that in nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. And for the most part, that was my experience with my amends, just unbelievable changes and experiences by going with them with this open heart, this forgiving spirit and helpful spirit. 
However, there was that one amends, and someone just touched on it, and uh, my sister was just not willing to make it. And it really tripped me up. I was like, oh, my God, I have to complete these amends. I have to make this amends. I'm going to eat if I don't get this done. And my sponsor was just so clear. You know, it's water over the dam. I've done my part. I've done my demonstration. And I had to trust and really rely on that, that that was okay, that I had done my best and I had to let go of these outcomes and these results. And someone just mentioned it again just a minute ago, you know, possibly making that amends could have brought about more harm. And that is the last thing we're doing with amends. We don't want to create any more harm. So I've heard it before, too, where people don't get the amends made or the person doesn't want to do the amends, and they end up sending them a letter. And that's still self-seeking. That's still selfish. That's still pushing my will upon that person that may not be ready. And where am I agnostic in this whole process? Where am I not trusting infinite God? Again, that's what this is all about, this connection to this power that I lack and believing in it. But at first, it was really hard. I really felt like I might even eat over it. And it took some work to go back to God and to return. You know, again, I'm the one that's always walking away from this power. God's always within me and waiting. But it's me that turns away and and lets go of his hand because I get into fear or I get into resentment or whatever's going on that wants to take me away. So I'm just so grateful for these clear-cut directions. And like someone already said, too, that we have a sponsor to guide us. Again, the last thing we want to do is create any more harm. And we can really create harm in this process if we're not guided. And with that, Pat, thank you. Thank you, Ginger C. And that is perfect timing. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID is... 10,230. That's 10230. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Nadia B. please read, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only? Sure thing, Maura. This is Nadia B., recovered in Connecticut. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.